0: My mantra is propel with purpose, and I bring it to life in a couple of different ways. For me, it's it's a reminder that we should be reflective and not just reactive. And so, to really be intentional and be thoughtful in our words and action. And I fail, you know, every day at this. I'm not perfect, but it is something that I try to. You know, uh, really think about. it's also about uh, taking risks, um, because even if you fail, as someone once said, you fail forward, so you're still moving.
1: Welcome to She Speaks How She Does it. I'm your host, Elisa Freud, and we're excited to bring you a new episode today with an inspiring woman. But first, We would love and appreciate if you're enjoying the podcast to help us get the word out about our guests' inspiring stories. One quick way you can do that is to write a rating and review of the podcast on Apple or wherever you listen to the show. And to thank you for doing that, if you email us a screenshot of your review to podcast at shespeaks.com, we will send you a surprise gift. We can't wait to hear what you think. Now, here we go with today's episode. Welcome, everyone, um, to the show today. I am really excited to have with me Linda Descano. Linda and I have known each other for years. Um, We started working together in um, her old capacity when she was at uh, Citibank. She has moved on to a new role, which we'll talk more about. But um, we have known each other for a while. And Linda has always struck me as someone who has, I think, a very interesting Short story to share about her career, but also um, just professionally and personally, someone who I think has a lot of insight that will resonate with um, all of us and, and has been a huge supporter of women throughout her, um, her career. So I am excited to have with me today, Linda Descano. Linda, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So why don't we start with, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your career, like you know, what are you doing now, and maybe back us up a little bit too, so people understand who you are and what you do. Well,
0: great. Um, so today, I'm an executive vice president and head of corporate communications for Red Habas, which is a merged media um, agency network within the global Habas Group. My job um, is really to to be the an, a global account lead and and help our clients build the right communication strategy for the story they want to tell and and bring in the right resources across our network to support that.
1: And that must be, I know we'll, we'll take a step back and go further back in your career in a minute, but, but just on what you're doing now, I would imagine that COVID has really thrown a whole new set of challenges in front of People like you who are helping advise companies about how to communicate. I mean, this is sort of the epitome of crisis communications, right? I mean, it is kind of unbelievable how the world has changed since March. What are you finding in terms of, you know, how people are reacting, are, and how companies are reacting, how consumers are reacting to those messages, and and you know how how that's been since since COVID started.
0: Yeah, it really turned every communications plan upside down. Then you ladder onto the pandemic, the murder of George Floyd, and then the refocus on social injustice, and then diversity and inclusion, which was another wave of having to step back, Mm -hmm. right, and really evaluate. Mm -hmm. And employees are asking, what are we doing? You know, customers are asking communities, you know are are focused on what's happening you know in and in and dealing with in in their situation so that was a a yet another wave and now we're in this response mode but all of this has come together to make you know 2020 I think really one of the uh yes it's 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 been crisis um but but it's also been an unbelievable opportunity to see humanity and empathy come through I don't remember a a a situation where so many people wanted to know about what companies were doing with their employees and Mm -hmm. so many CEOs who then shared, you know, internal communications and talked about how they were taking care of their employees. Mm -hmm. Um, So it, it really changed. I think purpose has taken on a new meaning. It's not just about what organizations say, but what are they doing? Mm -hmm. I think we've seen the rise of the employee where employees are speaking out and, You know, setting expectations. They want their employers to speak out on social issues and to be part of the solution. But I also see communities are looking at at business leaders where they see a vacuum in government and saying, We need you to be part of the solution. You have a role to play. And-
1: yes, for sure. And I think you know what what would be what'll be very interesting is to see how much of all of this persists. And, you know, we have been talking with our influencers and other um, people who are involved in trying to be change agents. Um, and, you know, it, when we ask people, you know, how do you think that these changes that companies are making right now are going to persist on, um, there, is, there is optimism, but I think there's still this wait and see. Like you know, how long lasting will these will these effects be? But I think as as we've seen over time, you know, companies are really starting to put their money where their mouth is and really making substantial changes to try and you know move things forward in a way that is more equitable. Um, I, I, I agree, and we can help that process,
0: right? Mm-hmm. We we each of us brings to the table we choose our employer and and the voice that we raise in you know inside the organizations we we run mm-hmm. or work at mm-hmm. secondly every day we choose where we spend our money mm-hmm. and so we have the power to put our money against the yeah. brands that are that share our values third you know many of us are investing so where we deploy our investment money and then fourth you know we have the power to vote and to vote mm-hmm. for government officials that share our concerns about the environment and social justice, and so we have. There's a lot of power if we choose to wield it. Because yeah. ultimately, right for 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 particularly for for-profit companies, it's enlightened self-interest. Yeah. You know, um, and if they can't attract the 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 great talent, and they can't maintain and build. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, a customer base, then they will change. So we can give signals, you know, every day in how we deploy, you know, um, you know, our, our people, our own resources, but, you know, uh, our financial resources. So we need to keep that in mind um, because that's, those are the best signals we
1: can send no question and i i love that list that you just gave of all the ways that we are empowered i love that you talk about your um your passion and kind of what you do as storytelling what is what is it about the storytelling and you know is there anything in particular because we have an audience of women who probably a lot of whom tell stories every day they're influencers they share stories um i'm curious to hear what your recommendation or what your top tips are for creating a compelling story and what goes into that
0: well for me um i think when i think about telling a story um one it has to be like authentic to who I am Um, but I also try to think of you know for the audience um, that I'm being asked to speak to you know where are they like how do I meet them where they are right Mm -hmm. where they are emotionally where they are mentally where they are physically or digitally Mm -hmm. what mindset are they going to be in and Mm -hmm. so that and and what are their top like needs and, and concerns and, and priorities. And then how do I craft something that's going to be really relevant to them and in a, a way that you know is, um, makes them feel like we're, we're sitting across the table and that it is, I, I really personalize it for, for each audience. But I think it really does for me always start with who the audience is and what makes sense for them. Um, rather than this is like my five canned stories that I'm always going to tell it's, it's, it, it, you have to put like, for me, it's the, the, the roll up your sleeves and put the work in Mm -hmm. and, and then have some tangible stories to tell, um, that, you know, bring your examples to life. And it's, it's also for me about being vulnerable and being willing to sort of, you know, pull back and share something that could be painful or embarrassing. Um, But, but to just like put your whole self in it Mm and you know, that, that to me is, is really key. And, well, I try to get as much, you know, as I learn as much as I can about the audience. Um, and even before I typically speak at when we were doing things in person, I would like go early and like just walk around and meet people and try to chat. This way I would have a pulse. And very mm-hmm. often, you know, people would share some tidbits and I'd incorporate it and just, mm-hmm. you know, refer back and say, well, as You know, Jan and I were saying before this, and that also brings your audience with you along, Mm -hmm. but it also shows that you're listening and Mm -hmm. it's not just you being, you know, you're talking at them. It's, it's a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. um, And I think everyone kind of sits up and feels like they're really part of it and
1: invest it with you. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, what's so interesting too about what you shared is you know, it's not, you, you've, you've such an interesting, it seems like you have very interesting and discrete parts of how your brain works, right. In terms of like, you've got interest in, interest in mathematics, you've got an interest in, um, you know, you mentioned STEM earlier and then, but also the creativity. Um, It's like, you've got sort of both parts of your brain that are firing off. What kind of, what kind of younger child, what, what kind of child were you, were, you know, that, that, and how do you think that kind of shaped, um, who you are today? Yeah. So the first adjective that came
0: to mind when I, when I heard that question is I was bossy. I'll be honest. I was a bossy kid when we played, I was the parent. I was the teacher. I was the mother superior because I grew up Italian Catholic and you, you played none. And that was really heavily influenced by my maternal grandmother, my grandma, Nina, who grew up in an orphanage. So she learned how to run in a household, run her business by watching the mother superior who was the head of the orphanage. So it was like command and control. That's the way my grandmother was. That's the way my mother was. And as the eldest daughter, like the eldest grandchild like mm-hmm. I spent every weekend with my grandmother I learned from from her how to be a general and so I was very bossy I was an avid reader mm. I was not very athletic I also grew up in a community at that time where girls didn't do sports like literally on Saturdays I went to my grandmother's I was supposed to learn how to cook clean sew and iron so mm-hmm. I can make someone a really good wife and I am blessed I've had two husbands that do like so much of the cooking and other stuff <laughs> that even though I am a Greek I enjoy cooking ironing and, and other stuff not so much yeah. but anyway but I learned so much from being with my grandma Nina because she ran she sold Stanley home products out of her house She worked two other jobs. So I would help her and she would like, we would do inventory. We would do product demonstrations. So I learned so much like about business and about life, being her sous chef for family Mm -hmm. holiday cooking, but also being her assistant for her Stanley home products. Then they really shaped, I think, um, who I became as a person. And I was just surrounded by, you know, my, my, you know, my grandparents, Didn't go to college, and neither did my parents. So, as the eldest grandchild, there was like this whole sense of if I did well, all the other kids Mm -hmm. would do well too. Mm -hmm. So, I always had this sense of like responsibility and obligation Mm -hmm. to do the right thing and to to you know do well. And you know, as a good student, you know, I didn't really think about college, but teachers encouraged me, and that really you know, teachers really helped. get my parents in the right mindset and education became very important because that to my family, that was a sign that we were moving forward. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. so it was never an option. Um, but, but yeah, and I had to learn the hard way that leadership is not being about command and control, mm-hmm. you know, and 99% of the time. So it, it took some hard lessons to, to break out of that mindset.
1: Yeah. Well, and I know too that um, we talked. We've uh, we've talked um, uh, about the fact that you've also had um, sort of your own. You've, you have a very strong interest in fitness and in health. Um, can you talk a little bit about where that stemmed from and how you know what your journey has been on that front?
0: Yeah. So I, you know, um, for most of my life, I would be what. Many people would say fat. I used to use the word curvy or full figured. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it, it never really to me was um, a negative until I, I was in college and I wanted to study geology. And I went to the head of the department for his approval and he took one look at me. He said, well, wait a minute. You are fat. You're Italian and Catholic. All you're going to do when you graduate college is get married, have babies, make meatballs and get even fatter and he didn't want me as part of his department. But I did have a 4.0 average, and I persisted, and I became, a, you know, I was able to join the department, although he never paid any attention to me, but that's okay. Um, that was the first time that my weight and my background, like, all of a sudden were limiting factors, and I had a choice, and it it, it was embarrassing and hurtful, and I cried, it, not that I, I didn't feel it. But I, I guess because of my family network and this belief that I could do it. And I, that became my, I think my first signal that you can let people put you in the box and there will always be people in life that will see you for what you're not, right? Mm-hmm. You're not smart enough or you're too skinny or you're too mm-hmm. fat or you're blonde and, you know, mm-hmm. preconceptions come with that or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you, you can choose Mm -hmm. to let them put boundaries or you can blow those boundaries out and, Mm -hmm. and forge your own path. And, Mm -hmm. and that's, that really became like my North star for operating. Um, And, and yes, you know um, as I got into working, I found that there were people that, would make, you know, there are assumptions for, you know, the reality is some people assume, Oh, you're fat. You must be lazy. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, But I also, you know, found that I went into finance without an MBA and people assumed I was stupid because I didn't have an MBA and I couldn't understand like this. And someone would always Mm -hmm. say to me, well, if only you had an MBA, Mm -hmm. you would know that I was right. And I'd be like, this is like not rocket science that we're talking about. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I I finally said one day, well, you know what, I may not have an MBA from you know NYU, but I have the MBA from the School of Hard Knocks. So between my real world experience and your academic experience, we should be able to do a really good job here. Yeah. I owned it. And I think you just have to figure out, will you let other people's you know perceptions of you or your own insecurities for not having those things limit you or move forward. But I think what's been most interesting. So five years ago, um, and I i been I got better over time managing my my fitness and I was in control of my weight mm-hmm. per, until I hit menopause and then I started to really gain mm-hmm. weight and no matter what I did honestly I. I couldn't lose. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was getting to a point where I had high blood pressure. I was starting to see other mm-hmm. factors and, and I decided to have, um, uh, a lap band surgery mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. like five, six years ago. And that was a really big tool mm-hmm. and turning point for me to get control of my weight and get control of my health and, you know, knock on wood, it's been, um, you know, very successful and I've been able to maintain a pretty healthy lifestyle mm-hmm. since then.
1: Yeah, I mean and and that is, you know, that's a theme that we keep hearing from everyone we talk to. Um and and this idea and and even just to make, you know, have have just professionally and personally the value of empathy and, and and compassion and how critical that is to being successful in your personal and professional lives. what what is the you know if you had to say, this is my my greatest accomplishment in terms of like you know everything you've done, what what would be the high for you in terms of what you've accomplished and kind of guy di- it drives you? So I think
0: my my career highlight was definitely my years at Women and Company because of the team that we had and because of the you know the the tremendous um, you know uh, I guess it it was just the experience and the ability to work and interact with so many women on such a personal level and that so many women from around the the U.S um opened up and shared their personal stories with us mm-hmm. and shared their vulnerability and their dreams mm-hmm. and that was really special mm-hmm. in the fact that we we were you know um you know city uh really understood and recognize the importance of having this type of community for women and gave us the space to create it. Mm -hmm. And that so many women responded. And my niece um, was I think four or five at the time and she did show and tell about how my aunt helps people's dreams come true. And I think that's why one of the other reasons why it's such a special time is because my niece even understood how special this, that that women in co was and um and that was really what it was about it was a safe place for women to share and really enable women to to help each other and to um, be able to like you know be their 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 best selves it was just mm-hmm. a, another tool and that we got to benefit personally and and professionally from all the wisdom that was shared
1: yeah and i I love that. I mean, out of the mouths babes, right that she understood and recognized that that what you do is uh, in terms of the job you were doing was helping women realize their dreams, and that mm-hmm. is you know that's another thing that I, I I think we've also I've seen in terms of consistency of you know women who are doing these really inspiring things is that there's purpose so. Lastly, I just kind of want to talk a lot. I know you have a way of you that you think about your life and, and there's purpose, the purpose-driven um, element to it. Can you talk a little bit about that and share your philosophy? Sure. So my
0: mantra is propel with purpose, and I bring it to life in a couple of different ways. For me, it, it's, it's a reminder that we should be reflective and not just reactive. And so to really be intentional and be thoughtful in our words and action. And I fail, you know, every day at this, I'm not perfect, but it is something that I try to, you know, uh, really think about. It's also about um, taking risks um, because even if you fail, as someone once said, you've, fail forward so you're still moving so Mm -hmm. it's really being about that sense of motion and continuous learning and continuous Mm self-improvement and third it's about um how do i use my motion my journey my you know uh, as i'm sort of rising through the ranks or forging ahead to create space Mm -hmm. and create opportunity for the next generation so that you know I'm, i'm i'm raising my hand for new ventures but i'm also like putting my hand back and pulling others up with me, and it's not just you know people; it's organizations. So it's about how I can use my time, my talent, my treasure, you know, my my money to really um, you know help others, you know, uh, with with their with their journey. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I um, I think that one of the other things that you know is so important is, that you're just talking about is this notion of being self-aware. You talked about taking the time to think about what it is that, you know, you don't necessarily get it right every day, but really being thoughtful. Do you have a daily practice for allowing yourself to self-reflect or being self-aware? Like what helps you do that? Yeah, there are a couple of things. So every morning
0: I share an inspirational quote on Instagram. So Mm -hmm. I think one of my First things is, I try to find um, you know uh, read something that's inspiring, mm-hmm. and and also I um, that's my morning morning ritual is always just to read something that just helps me hmm, remember there's a bigger purpose out there. And at mm-hmm. night, my evening ritual, besides reading for fiction for thirty minutes is I practice a gratitude list. Mm-hmm. And I always think of three things I can be grateful for or people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I spent a lot of time um, you know, growing up because I think of my parents' background, they focused on the glass half empty. And um, one of the practices I put into place when I was um, displaced in a management restructuring at city is instead of focusing on the, that lost a job, issue mm-hmm. was to really start to focus on what all the good things in my life and that practice uh, from my friend uh, Pam Mitchell got me in that habit and it's really served me well and and I, mm-hmm. I continue to do it
1: I love that those are. And I love that they, it, they're they sort of the bottom, like the, the beginning of your day and the end of your day, mm-hmm. that in the morning you have something that you do that's a practice at, that helps you and inspires you f- through the day. And at the end of the day, you think to yourself, what am I grateful for? Here I am at the end of the day. What am I grateful for? So um, that kind of takes you into the next day. Um, it does. I think- and I think it helps me sleep more restfully because
0: I'm going to bed with something positive, you know, and to me and restorative in,
1: you know, on my mind. Yeah, that, that is awesome. So well, thank you. I mean, I know, um, I could keep talking to you. You have so much insight to share. But um, I know we've already taken um, up a lot of your time. How can people find you follow you if they want to do so?
0: I am on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. So just look up Linda Descano and uh, please do connect with me. And if you connect with me on LinkedIn, just, you know, add a note that says you heard me on this podcast. So I have some context. And again, thank you for having me. This has been terrific.
1: Yeah, our pleasure. Thank you for being here and uh, enjoy the rest of the day. Same to you. Thank you for listening to She Speaks How She Does It. We hope that this episode inspired you in your own experience and path towards success. Be sure to like and subscribe to follow our series of conversations. We'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. So join the conversation at She Speaks Up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. You can also join She Speaks at shespeaks.com. Thanks for listening and look forward to our next conversation. Thank you for listening. If you're an influencer or a brand that wants to work with us, please feel free to email us at infosheSpeaks.com. At Until next time.